0: Thank you, Alan and Sarah. What uh, wonderful words and wonderful song! And uh, boy, I like the music here. I don't know about you, but I really do. You may not like the preaching too much, but I like the music. And uh, just uh, very thankful. I've been in enough churches. Uh, Our former executive director, David Hardage, used to say that uh, he preached. He's preached in many a church in this state. he used to tell me, he says, you know, sometimes the music's pretty good and everything. So, uh, and I'm glad to say every Sunday here the music's very good. And uh, just so thankful for Alan and Sarah and for the choir and for praise leaders and praise team and for all that is done in the planning and the preparation for this. And uh, I thank you for your presence today and in sharing on uh, this day, uh, this second uh, Sunday in December, and as we share and as we celebrate this time, to celebrate the birth of our Savior in Jesus Christ, and uh, just want to say again, just encourage you, uh, say a word again about international missions, about our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Uh, I think this is one of the most important offerings that we have. Uh, this is why we exist in seeking to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ, so that all people may have opportunity to hear the message of love, joy, hope, and peace that Christ Jesus can bring. And as you pray that uh, during this time for a a Christmas gift that uh, you will give generously to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering to International Missions, uh, your goal, a very noble goal of $21,000. And I know together as a church we can reach that and exceed that. And so we look forward to this in these uh, days together and opportunities of giving. Uh, I'll be with you again next Sunday, Lord willing, the 17th. Uh, Brother Brett will uh, be with you on the 24th. We'll be leading you on the 24th and the 31st. And then I will, uh, Lord willing, begin again on uh, Sunday morning, January the 7th of 2024 for an extended time. So uh, let's be in prayer, prayer for your church, and prayer in these days of transition and for all that is done as we seek to honor the Lord and bring glory to his name. And uh, Christmas is a wonderful time, this time of just uh, inviting someone to be part of your times of worship, your time for Bible study, your times of fellowship together. And so I pray and hope pray that you will and that you know someone that needs the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be seeking to lead them. Well, there are many characters in the Christmas story but there is one that we read about whom we never hear speak a word in the Bible. Now, we know that he spoke, but uh, the words recorded in the Bible are, are not there. Nevertheless, this man played an important role in the early raising of the Son of God. The man Joseph, Joseph in the New Testament, is often referred to as the forgotten man of Christmas. We know that Joseph and Mary were pledged to be husband and wife. And it was during that time that Mary received the news from the angel of God that she would bear the Savior of the world and what would be conceived within her would come from God, would come from above. She leaves for the Judean hills to spend some time with Elizabeth until John, John the Baptist, was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah, and then Mary then returns back to Nazareth. Now, Mary had been away from home, and it was clear that she was with child. Uh, No doubt uh, there would be those in the village who would begin to talk, who would begin to Assume and speculate some things. And it was then that God gave the good news to Joseph and instructed him on what to do. Now, the Gospel of Luke tells the Christmas story from Mary's point of view. Matthew tells it from Joseph's point of view. Now, we've looked at the Scripture, the verses this morning from Luke from Matthew chapter 1 in verses 18 through 23, and I'm not going to reread that, but I would call your attention as you turn to your Bible to Matthew chapter 1. I want to read the two concluding verses of Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 23, and let me just read to you verse 24 and 25. That when Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. God uses and continues to use men and women who walk with him in obedience. And your life will bear the fruit of the righteousness of God as you continue to walk in the ways of God. What does a man really look like? Joseph, the forgotten man of Christmas, portrays what a man, a man of God, looks like. The foster father of Jesus Christ, he exemplified in his own life in in the early years of our Savior. Joseph. Joseph was a man of the Judean hills. Joseph was a descendant of David. Bethlehem was his hometown. Mary's home, family home, was also Bethlehem. But Joseph, being a businessman, being a carpenter by trade, and perhaps finding it difficult to earn a living in Bethlehem, had left Bethlehem, and he had gone north to Nazareth to live. Joseph was engaged to Mary, a young lady. They had made that uh, legal and binding agreement contract to Mary, which, the, which was the next thing to marriage itself. And after Mary returned, after spending several months with Elizabeth, she was pregnant. Uh, Joseph was now in a distressing dilemma. Because as he saw Mary, he knew that he was not the father, that this was not his child. To have the bonds of engagement broken, they had to go through certain public ceremonies that would be an embarrassment not only to Joseph and the family, but an embarrassment to to Mary. Joseph is often neglected in the Christmas story. And yet at the same time, we we ought to feel a warm respect for this man who was such a dedicated foster father for Jesus Christ and a caring husband for Mary. Now, there's three things that we can learn from this man that are exemplified in this man. One is we know that this man was was a man of commitment. Now, as a man of commitment, uh, he was a righteous man. Uh, Verse 19 says that he was uh, faithful to the law or that he was a righteous man. Uh, He was a man who was right with God. Uh, What a thing to say about a man or a woman. To be right with God. That was notable because in those days... Israel was quite an array of uh, theological and political viewpoints that were out of step with God's righteous plan. Uh, For example, there were those who were influenced by the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees were the religious liberals. Uh, They denied the supernatural. Uh, They denied a bodily resurrection from the dead. Uh, there were the Pharisees, the Pharisees uh, who believed tradition, uh, ceremonies, and good works as a means, as a way to earn your way to heaven, as a way, a means to earn salvation. Uh, there were the nationalists. The nationalists were those who politicized Judaism. And they were fanatically intent on overthrowing Roman control and regaining independence for the nation of Israel. And then there was this particular group that was known as the separatists. It was just a segment of Jewish society living away from the city, living away from the towns and villages and out in the desert of seeking to be isolated and away from all of these things. Well, Joseph was none of these. Joseph was a a righteous man, a a just man of God. He believed God and believed the, the promises of God's Word. And so God was faithfully carrying out His program through righteous people, those who believed His promises, those who had repented of their sin, those who had cast themselves at the mercy, at His mercy, for the forgiveness of sins. Joseph was a prime example of this righteous life. Now being a righteous man, Joseph was also an obedient man. You go back and reread beginning there in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, all the way down to chapter 2 verse 22, four times that you hear the particular phrase in a dream, in a dream. Joseph was filled. With anxiety, hurt, confusion over Mary's life, over Mary's condition. He was wondering. He had tried to put everything together and piece all the things together and probably maybe replayed some things in his mind of thinking of all of the things that may have happened. You know, you look at this. Joseph was one of the first to be confronted by the virgin birth. And just when Joseph had... His plans all arranged, kind of like we do a lot of times. God changed the plan. Joseph had an angelic visitor uh, of his own. And the angel tells Joseph that, yes, that Joseph is to be part of God's plan. We find that when God had something to say about the safety of Jesus, that the angel appeared to Joseph. And as a righteous man, God had a plan for Joseph. And so God tells Joseph to do two things. Number one, he is told to take Mary as his wife. One of the messages of Christmas is found in the words of God, the words of the angel of God, do not be afraid where Christmas, where this time of year is to be filled with hope, joy, and peace, and celebration. We know that there's some folks out there that are not celebrating hope, joy, and peace. And their life is filled with fear, and anxiety, and worry. And yes, we're so thankful that there is a promise every day in God's Word. 365, to be exact, where we hear God say... Do not be afraid. Well, Joseph hears the words from the angel of the Lord. Do not be afraid. Joseph is filled with fear and anxiety. And the angel says, do not be afraid. The angel tells him all about Mary and what God had done in her life. And then what God would do. Secondly, Joseph then was uh, instructed to name the baby. Verse 21 of Matthew 1 says, Give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was not the natural father, and yet he was to name the baby. He was to name this little baby boy Yeshua, or the Lord saves. God had made it clear that this baby would grow up to be the Savior. Joseph would not only name the child, but give the world the promise. Jesus would save, yes, his people from their sins. Now, nothing is more rewarding and more glorious than being included in the work and in the plan of God. Joseph was a righteous man. He was an obedient man of God. He goes from disappointment... From fear fear and anxiety to the glory of being involved with Mary and all that God wanted to do to fulfill his plan. You know, we don't find a record of Joseph thinking, Joseph saying, well, if this is the Son of God, then why can't God take care of it himself? No. Instead, Joseph took the attitude. God has called me. He's given me the responsibility. I'll take care of it. What an example of obedience and faithfulness. And then verse 24 then tells us that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Joseph took Mary to be his wife by God's command. He named Jesus by divine command. Now it reminds us once again that when God orders and commands our participation in anything, whether it is something as grand as the incarnation itself or just something simple, very simple like serving him through his church, then yes, we are to do so in obedience. And we are righteous because we are clothed, yes, Not with our righteousness, no. We're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of his blood that cleanses us from all of our sin and we are to be obedient to his commands. So Joseph was a man of commitment. Joseph is not only seen as a man of commitment, he is also seen as a man of compassion. Now, this is another one of the things I like about Joseph. For in the middle of verse 19, you catch the words here, Joseph did not want to expose Mary to public disgrace. He had in mind to put her away quietly, to divorce her quietly. Joseph could in no way understand why Mary called it a miracle when the rest of the world called it something else. Joseph was disturbed by Mary's pregnancy for he thought it was an, yes, an evident case of infidelity. He was pledged to be married to this young woman. And so he he wanted to get Mary out of town quietly. Joseph loved Mary. He loved her too much, uh, loved her too much to, to consider humiliating her. Humiliating Mary's family, Joseph's family, with a public humiliation before a a crowd and public exposure. He planned to put her away in in such a manner as to protect her from those who, who might want to stone her. And this is where the righteousness, the compassion of Joseph is seen that he teaches us all how to avoid a vindictive spirit because, yes, we know that along the way we'll meet those who appear to be guilty of some kind of sin, of some kind of fault. And when you meet them, adopt the spirit of Joseph. When you hear people being criticized, uh, remember that no person is beyond the love of God. But we also see... Joseph exemplifying compassion towards Mary, and yes, during this time of pregnancy, he was kind, he was gentle, Uh, he was compassionate, a compassionate man, and we must always seek to make such compassion ours to other people. And so God gives his plan to Joseph through the dream. Joseph takes Mary to be his wife, and I love verses 24 and 25. Joseph did what the Lord commanded him. He took Mary to be his wife, and get this, he did not consummate their marriage. That is, he had no sexual relations with her, had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. that tells me that Joseph, he, he did not take advantage of Mary during this time. He cared for her needs. A man of compassion. A man who listened. A man who listened to her story of what had happened in her life. Caring for his wife, delivering the baby, being present. Joseph teaches us what a, what a godly husband, a godly man looks like. Remember that Paul says, husbands love your wives just as Jesus loved the church. And we get that description of love, that definition of love, when we read again Paul's words there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 4, where Paul just says that love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy. Uh, love uh, does not boast. It is not proud. Uh, love is not conceited. Uh, it does not act improperly. Uh, it is not uh, It is not selfish. It, it is not provoked. It does not keep a record of wrongs. That is, uh, love doesn't keep score when somebody does something wrong. Uh, it finds no joy in unrighteousness but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endureth all things. Yeah, love never ends. Joseph was this kind of man, a man of commitment, a man of, of compassion. Finally, I find that Joseph was a man of courage. His courage was, was what made it possible for the child to be born in Bethlehem and to survive the life-threatening early years of Jesus' life. Joseph was a man of courage to live a moral, upright life in an immoral world. The reason he had such courage was because of his relationship to Almighty God, having that relationship with God. Now, as a man of courage... Joseph was protector. Now, in the nativity scenes that we see in around the city and wherever we see other nativity scenes, uh, Joseph always uh, stands silently next to the manger in which the baby Jesus is laid. Uh, Joseph is not given a, a, a single line in the Christmas story. And then he disappears completely from history after Jesus turned 12 years of age. And yet Joseph was the man to whom God entrusted the task of protecting the mother and her child from the time that she conceived the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about these things. Have you ever considered how far this couple had to travel? To say, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, I mean, from Nazareth to Bethlehem is about uh, 75 to 80 miles. Now, Mel and I've been that way, and we've, we've been by bus, But the 70 to 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Joseph would walk, and as many believe, that maybe Mary rode some sort of an animal, probably a, a donkey. But then for the next two to three years, they would then travel some 400 miles from Bethlehem to Egypt, then back to the district of Galilee, then to Nazareth, this time with an infant. Now, do you remember what it was like to travel with an infant? Do you remember what it was like to travel with two infants in your back seat? And all that what it was like to do so. Well, here is Mary and Joseph with the baby Jesus. Joseph was a rugged and brave man who led Mary along the dangerous roads through the water and the desert lands. Here's something else to consider. Have you ever thought about what Joseph and Mary and Jesus lived on in their travels to Egypt and how they made a living in Egypt and then traveling back to Nazareth? Well, how about gold, frankincense, and myrrh to live on? Joseph would probably walk many times going without sleep. God selected this man to protect the infant Jesus in the dangerous first years of his life, and especially from that crazed king known as Herod. Joseph's story encourages us to live courageously, even if it means living dangerously, yes, in doing the will of God and being in the center of the will of God. Joseph wasn't Superman. He he was an ordinary flesh and blood man. He gave protection to Mary and to Jesus. But don't you know that there were times that uh, when he got back to Nazareth with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he protected Mary and Jesus from scorn and malicious gossip. It's been maybe a couple of years now. And they're back in Nazareth. and People see this couple now with child. They go back and remember of what happened, of all that had taken place. And people that begin to talk, and people that begin to speculate, and they begin to assume. I'm sure there were questions in his mind about going back to Nazareth. He may have remembered some of the cutting remarks. Such things are not easy to, to forget. People would talk, people would speculate, people would assume. To remember that the first time that Jesus preached in Nazareth, that people looked at him and they asked the question, Is this the carpenter's son? Knowing that Jesus came from the wrong side of the track, so to speak, the Judeans often questioned with sneers, Can any good really come out of Nazareth? It wasn't easy for Joseph to take the things that were said against his wife and his foster son. But Joseph was a man of courage who protected his family that God gave to him. All the sneers and the gossip, they lasted all the way into Jesus' earthly ministry. We know that in John chapter 8 that the Pharisees uh, had that confrontation with the Lord Jesus wanting to know who he really was. And, and they said to him, we weren't born of sexual immorality, implying that Jesus was. Gentlemen, Joseph teaches us how to walk with God in a right relationship and how to be a protector to our family, how to be a man of God in the home. Joseph was not only protector, but Joseph was also provider. Joseph set an example for the Lord Jesus Christ. He taught the Lord Jesus how to work with his hands, how to be a good workman, how to take responsibility as the elder son in the family. Now we know that later on that Mary and Joseph uh, had children of their own after Jesus birth. We know that Jesus had at least four step brothers, and yes, had two at least two stepsisters. Joseph's part in the story of of Jesus shows us a man on the patient journey through life, a man taking care of his family, and I'd like to think that. Uh, many of the illustrations the parables the stories that jesus used in his ministry came right out of joseph's carpenter shop for example one time jesus tells us and says take my yoke upon you well jesus knew how to make yokes easy for the oxen to wear uh, he knew how to carve them how to shape them to just uh, to fit just right because Joseph taught him. Jesus had heard probably the talk of the farmers. How hard it was and the problems of planting and harvesting. Jesus probably carried water for his family and was the, it was the custom, as was the custom for the oldest child. He would obey his mother, obey his father, obey his foster father Joseph, doing all the things that a good son ought to do in the home. And yes, it was Joseph and Mary that Jesus began to learn early about the law of God. Began to learn early about the commandments of God, knowing that one day that he, the Lord Jesus himself, that he would be the one who fulfilled the law of the scriptures. In the Old Testament, one man of God named Joshua, which is also Yeshua, the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek name for Jesus. And we know that in Joshua chapter 1, that in that time of transition, that after Moses had died, that God gives His command to Joshua. Three times God tells Joshua to be strong and be courageous. Now, Joshua needed to hear this word from God. And there's many of you today that need to hear this word today to be strong and courageous. Courage does not earn the provision of God. It positions us to receive it. You choose courage before you need courage. And if you will go into battle, we cannot experience the presence and power of God in the battle. Without his courage from above. To Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth as he concludes his letter in chapter 16 and verse 13, Paul will say these words, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong. And it is a call today in the day and time in which we live to be a courageous Christian at an hour and time When mature, spiritual, godly leadership is needed. Because the enemy is the darkness. The enemy is the deceiver. And to be of courage. Uh, It is a call to be a courageous Christian at an hour and time in the life of your church. To come together as you go forward. In seeking to honor the Lord. There's so much to be learned from a man whom we do not hear speak a word in the Christmas story. And yet his actions and his obedience to God speak louder than words. People are watching just as they watch Joseph. People are watching us even when we don't speak a word, when we don't say a word. They're watching us just as they did Joseph. And we can learn at this time of year when we celebrate the birth of our Savior that our spiritual legacy in Jesus Christ is the greatest possession that we can leave to our family, to our children, to our grandchildren, to our friends, to others, to anyone who knows us. Do you know God this morning? Do you know Him today? Do you know Him because you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? You're seeking to be right with God, but you've been trying it your way. God's way is to come to Jesus Christ and to come to Him by faith, turning from your sin, admitting that you're a sinner, and trusting in Jesus Christ to be your Savior to be the Lord and Master of your life. Trust Him today. Have you followed the Lord Jesus in believer's baptism, following Him, identifying yourself as a disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus Himself was baptized in order that we might follow Him and that we might come to know Him more. Do you have a church home? Do you have a church family? To come place your life in the fellowship of this church today, to be part of this church. Christian, has God been speaking to you about service and ministry? And there's been some things lacking in your life because you've been afraid. Listen, hear the word of the Lord today. Do not be afraid. Step out by faith in whatever God calls you to do. Whether it be to go tell your neighbor across the street about the Lord Jesus Christ or it be to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in this church, or it be to serve him in some other place. Listen, you be on mission with him today. Just a few moments after we pray, Brother Allen's going to come lead us. And I invite you to come that if you need to trust in Christ, any decision upon your heart today, that you'll come to me, you'll come to Brother Brett, you'll come to one of us today where we can talk with you, listen, and pray with you today and do so. To be that man, that woman of commitment. To be a man, woman of compassion. To be the man, the woman of courage. And seeking to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Allowing Jesus Christ to live in and through our life. His spirit fill us and use us for his kingdom, for his glory. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, today. As we come, Father, today to, Lord, to look at this man, Lord God, that you used in such a powerful way and a legacy that has been left through your word, Lord, that it would be said of our life each and every day, that, Lord, that uh, others are looking at us and each day we would be in full submission and surrender to you, to honor you, to live for you. Lord God, in such a way that others will know that, Father, that there is a walk that we have with you. And yes, in seeking to be a man, the woman of commitment, of compassion, of courage, because Christ lives within us. Thank you for the greatest gift of all, sending Jesus Christ, Lord, our hope, our peace, the love, Lord, for all of these things, Lord, as we come to know you, as we thank you, Lord, for this. May it be to your glory, to your honor. Use this time. Grant those the courage, the strength for today to make that meaningful decision for you as your spirit leads, and all would be to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.